g'day. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Docco Connor keep going. It goes down to the 400 metre mark, and I tell you what, folks, it looks the winner. It comes around the turn at the 300 metre mark, railing like a greyhound. In fact, gets off the track now as they straighten up. But Sophie's got a big lead on it coming into the straight. Sodbuster in second spot. Del Viento's picking up along the inside, and then Courageous Hearts, real reason, are going out after this lead. And now a gap in the field. Then to Moore Snitzel. It's still in front. Docco Connor, the best part of two to three in front. Del Viento's going to get close here. The leader, Docco Connor. It's going to see it out for Safie Wilcock. And yes, Doc O'Connor beat Del Viendo doing its best work late. And then we've got him... Yeah, Craig spot. Sand focused on Darwin last weekend with this uh, Apprentices series. And the young lady in the saddle there, Tony Clements, Rob Luck, are going to talk to very soon. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Stephen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. And yes, Sophie Wilcock there flying the flag for Queensland, taking out the second leg of the two heats conducted at Fanny Bay at the Darwin Turf Club last Saturday as part of the National Apprentices Race Series. We'll talk to Sophie with any luck this morning and uh, have a look at where that series is headed and give you a little bit of a background on uh, Queensland's latest star. She wasn't the only one to win a race, of course, and we'll tell you more about that as we roll through the show this morning. Plus a look back at what happened at Bowen on the weekend where another jockey uh, had her first race win. We'll tell you the Erin Malloy story there and also look back at what happened with the uh, Burner to the Beach series uh, latest race there conducted at Gympie on the weekend and they all ra also raced at Cunnamulla on Saturday. So lots to talk about on Bushbeat this morning and as always helping us out doing lots of talking is Rob Luck. Good morning Rob. Yeah, good morning Tony. Good morning to our listeners and uh, how are you today Tony? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, fighting along and doing the doing the best in a in a busy world. In a busy world, and uh, it's certainly been busy for the Queensland apprentices. This wonderful series, Tony, the National Apprentice Race uh, Series, and what I really do like about our representatives uh, across the board for Queensland is the range of apprentices um, that we've got in the uh, the series, Tony, with of course Sophie Wilcock kicking off uh, the Maroons with a win and putting us in second place on the ladder, I do believe. But we're right through to city-based apprentices like Angela Jones and Manu Potgita. So there's a good range and spread of uh, apprentices from the country right through to the city. Sophie Wilcock is joining us this morning to tell us a little bit about her experiences there in Darwin on the weekend. She's apprenticed to Scott Rogers out at Roma and uh, I'm sure has been uh, enjoying the uh, the time away from the stable and getting back to what it was, I uh, believe is a bit of her old hunting ground as she's with us on Bushbeat today. G'day, Sophie. Hello, how are you going? Well, this morning, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Congratulations on your win there in Darwin on the weekend. Thank you very much. It was a huge thrill. It's been a long journey for you, Sophie, and a return to almost a home track for you. Tell our listeners uh, about your association with uh, Darwin and Fanny Bay. Yeah, um, so uh, my dad actually was in the British Army. We're from the UK. Um, and he transferred from the British Army into the Australian Army, and Darwin was... Um, our first posting. So the age of 13, um, I moved over there and started school. And then in year 10 and 11, I studied my Cert 1 and 2 in racing. Um, and that's where I started working with racehorses on the ground um, and started doing a bit of um, work experience at Fanny Bay in Darwin. 
And I take it you've got a bit of an association with, with the Clark stable? Uh, with the, sorry, I missed that. Sorry, Tony, you go ahead. I was just going to say, was there a family association prior to the family moving to Darwin, Sophie? No, not not at all. It's just um, it's just a very popular place for um, army families to go because uh, uh, Darwin has such a big uh, army base there. So that just happened to be where we where we went first, um, and straight away as soon as I got there, I had to look for something to do with horses. I'd been doing um, pony club over in the UK and it was very important that I found somewhere to go riding and um, be involved with horses. And I take it in your time at Darwin, your association with the uh, Gary Clark stable would have uh, taken place and you end up riding Doc O'Connor for him on race day to win leg two of this series. Well, actually, I, I hadn't ever... Um, hadn't ever ridden for Gary uh, the way that the race series, uh, the apprentice series works is that a horse that we ride in the race gets drawn at random um, so I was very lucky to draw his horse um, it was definitely one of the top two, three chances in the race so I just had to um, ride to the production and, and get the job done which it all worked out in the end was it a bit of a surprise for you to receive the call-up to represent Queensland? Uh, so I was notified by an email, or my boss, Scott, was. I uh, received an email in, um, I think it would have been end of November, um, and mm -hmm. it just yeah just said that we uh, had been um, chosen to represent Queensland in the first heat of the series. Um, I was very surprised but I was very very happy and especially surprised that so soon I'm only come back race riding and already being asked to take part so it was um, a, a big reward for a, a lot of hard work that I've um, that I've done to get back in the race saddle because I'm uh, not blessed with being a lightweight jockey so had to lose a fair bit of weight to get back race riding. Yes, Sophie, you've only been back since about August last year, I believe. You had a couple of years um, out of the saddle? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. And um, it certainly uh, paid off your approach to going to Darwin. Just tell us uh, how you went about preparing for this race, being the first of the series. And let's face it, you wanted to get Queensland off to a good winning start, which you did. Tell us how you prepared for race day and uh, the little thing you did that was a, a smart move from what I'm reading in Jordan Guerin's uh, story on Race Queensland. Yeah, no, I um, I contacted or uh, me and Scott both got in contact with Gary Clark before I headed up to Darwin um, and I did also contact a couple of other local trainers uh, to get um, write some track work the morning of the races so that I could have a feel of the track, um, have a look around. Um, it was also a good way for me to do a bit of riding so I could have a bit of a sweat to lose some weight. Um, I, I didn't have to ride many to sweat up there, which was good. Um, but I got to meet a few of the local jockeys also. Um, Jared Todd gave me some really good advice up there. There's a pretty tricky turn, about the 600 metres, 
um, on the track up there in Darwin. So I definitely think it was a huge advantage, me going in that morning, writing some track work and having a look around. I guess you also must. an advantage is that you work on the uh, the sands at Bassett Park there at Roma, while that's a very different sort of sand surface to what the uh, the oil-treated or diesel-treated uh, sand is at Fanny Bay. It's very different, say, to someone else that might have come off a grass track back background. Yeah, definitely. Um, the surface and the shape is very different, and we do um, don't go the other way around. But the way that the track is written is very similar to Roma. It's a momentum track. You need to be up on the pace and travelling. Um, your horse needs to be able to rail well and you've just got to be travelling strong at the 400 to, to even have a chance. Very rare that horses come from the back of the field there. Uh, so that, yeah, definitely gave me an advantage. Sophie, you're... You're based with Scott Rogers, as Tony mentioned, out in Roma. Do you see that location? I'm, I'm really, uh, well, I'm really pleased you're out there because I know you've been to Blackhall and tracks like that in the Central West, but do you see that location being a hindrance or a help to your career and, and why base yourself there at Roma? Um, I actually, I love Roma. It's a great country town. I love being out this way. When I was previously apprenticed um, to Stephen Kirkwood a couple of years ago, I was in Toowoomba. Um, Toowoomba was, was great. There's a lot of trainers there. Um, there's a lot of tracks around, so don't always have to travel too far. But the country racing out here, um, your trainers stay very loyal and they really appreciate that you travel all the way out to the races. Um, the clubs love when jockeys come, um, you know, from near and far. Um, they make it worthwhile. <coughs> the um, Roma itself, there's actually, there's always something going on and I've, I've made some really great friends out here. Um, for the moment, I am definitely happy to stay here. Um, I have only got one and a half claim in the country and I've got my provincial licence now. So I'm hoping to venture up to like Rocky Way, um, maybe go back to Toowoomba a little bit. But I just want to work on my confidence and, and my riding before I start heading that way. Um, I'm not saying I will be here forever, uh, see what opportunities come up, but I've always spoke about just whatever opportunities I get, make the most of them. So we'll just um, wait and see what happens and, and go from there, really. So you're identifying confidence as a key factor in your, your growth as an apprentice and your future? Yeah, definitely. Confidence is something that I struggle with just in general. So I think I just need to work on that and riding that winner in Darwin will definitely help. Um, so we'll just keep whacking away at that. I've still got plenty to learn, plenty to improve on, um, but hopefully I'm heading in the right direction. And I guess that's one thing too, Sophie, that when it comes to plenty to learn and, and there are so many people that you can learn from uh, in that Roma region there uh, when you look at some of the, the fine jockeys that have come out of that sort of area, but also the assistance that now I'm seeing that uh, apprentices are receiving through Racing Queensland and even having uh, the, the, the assistance of someone like Shane Scriven with you in Darwin there on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. It was great to have him there. Um, helped with my nerves. Um, although he said to me that morning that he he couldn't sleep because he he was nervous, and um, I said that's my job to be nervous, not yours. Um, 
So, you know, it was great to have him there. Um, I It's hard being in Roma, um, I suppose, being far away from Brisbane where their mentors are based. But they're only a phone call away if we ever need a hand. They're quite happy for us to flick through our replays and they will have a look if we have any concerns. Um, they're always there for us to, to call and have a chat with. Um, and I do have a couple of um, friends that are ex-jockeys, uh, Rebecca Williams and Ruby Ride. So I go to them also when I, when I need um, a bit of, bit of advice or a bit of a confidence boost. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I'm just happy to be back race riding. If I stay out here in Roma for the rest of my career, I definitely won't be sad about that. <laughs> and, and, look, you're, you're in the uh, Country Jockeys Premiership. You're sitting with 14 wins with a strike rate of 17.5%. So in terms of the apprentices sitting there, is that a, a sort of goal that you would continue to look at, try and uh, get up that... Uh, uh, apprentices to, or get that apprentices title and does that lead you to go to places like say Bar Calden on the weekend um, where are you riding on the weekend what weight are you riding at uh, is that one of your goals down the track that country apprenticeship um, it's oh look it would be, be amazing to win that um, there's a lot of competition I'm a heavyweight rider so I, I don't get as much opportunity uh, I'm limited on what rides I can take. I'm currently riding with a riding weight of 57 and I'm not having to waste too hard. So I'm hoping that I will be able to drop that down to 56, which will then, um, it'll be uh, more opportunity being the minimum 56 out this way. Um, this weekend I am heading to Wondowan. Um I've got some rides uh, booked there. I would, for the future, just I'd like to just become a versatile jockey that can go to lots of different tracks, whether that be dirt tracks or sand or turf tracks, um, and just be able to get results wherever I go. Really, um, yeah. But I, I'm I'm just happy to be riding winners wherever it may be. <laughs> if I get the chance to go to town, then. That's something that I'll, I'll definitely have a go at, but I, um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to be just race riding again. That versatility is definitely there when you look back through your rides: Roma, Bell, um, Gatton, Barcald, and Blackall. I mean, uh, you're quite happy to cover a range of territory, and, and I think it's it's fantastic that we've got a a country apprentice like yourself based in Roma with a guy like Scott Rogers. Uh, the experience you're getting around these tracks must be enormous for you, and it's paid off on the weekend at Darwin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I have to thank Scott. He um, he puts up with my with my meltdowns, um, and he gets me back on track. Um, so he he's really really helped me out. Um, there's been a lot of people in Roma that have helped me out and um, Shane Iverson's also been a great supporter of mine. He's given me a Roma, my first Roma Cup ride and then Roma Cup win. That was amazing. Um, and he's given me a lot of winners recently also, so I have Shane to thank for that. Um, but I, yeah, this is just, I just love, love horses, love the racing. I have that um, competitiveness every time we go out there and um, the fellow jockeys that we ride with, all the girls, we all have a great time. Uh, just 
yeah, travelling around together. So it's um, we're very lucky to do what we do and call it call it work. And by the sounds of it, uh, the opportunity, you know, there's more opportunities out there, as you say, the chance to go to town, but even to be able to go and do something like this, uh, the, the apprentices that are part of this series this year, they're riding the next heats uh, at Belmont in Perth after that, uh, Hobart and Tasmania, Strathalbyn in South Australia, Eagle Farm on a Wednesday uh, back in Brisbane and Sandown on a Wednesday in Melbourne. It's a wonderful opportunity to be a part of a series like this and really put your name out there. Yeah, definitely. It- it's been awesome and um, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the team go. We've got some great riders that will be representing Queensland. So um, this might be this might be the year that we um, snag the win. Um, but I'll be, I'll be watching and um, cross fingers everyone gets some luck and um, see how we go. You've started them off on the right foot with a great win. You're leading the pack so you can sit back and say, come on... Uh, Go on, uh, ladies and gents. Uh, we want to keep these uh, Queensland winds rolling along. Yeah, I'm glad I got it out the way because I, I don't know how I'd go with the pressure of, of having to ride um, at the end, see where the points are at. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm praying for some good luck and some great rides um, from the rest of the apprentices, and I'm sure we'll do well. Sophie, thank you so much for joining us on Bushbeat today. It's great to be able to tell your story. It may not be that far from Humpty Doo where you went to school to Fanny Bay, but it's a heck of a long way from Roma to get up to Darwin uh, for that. And wonderful to be able to tell that story this morning. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I uh, just want to say thank you to Scrivo and Jess Mackay for um, choosing me and giving me this opportunity and good luck to all the other apprentices. Good on you, Sophie. We'll catch up soon. Thank you so much. Sophie Wilcock with us on Bushbeat. Rob, this series, uh, as I said, continues on. Heat 2 is going to be on the 15th of March. Uh, It's coming up uh, at Belmont. And Queensland there will be represented by Manu Potgita. I'll go through the various state reps as well, just while we're going through them, just to give everyone an idea of some of the other riders that are taking part. And this is the one thing that I really like about this series is that it doesn't just uh, line up, you know, home apprentices with home apprentices in whatever state they are. They really do try and share it all around. So when they get to Perth, Manu is up against Ellis Wong for South Australia, Hannah Edgeley for Victoria, Cody Jordan for Tasmania and Braden Gath for Western Australia. The third heat will be on Sunday the 19th of March in Hobart. Lily Barr will represent Queensland there. SA's rep will be Felicity Atkinson, Maddie Price for Victoria, Chloe Wells for Tasmania and Luke Campbell for WA. The fourth heat is the following Wednesday the 22nd of March at Strathalbyn. It's Emily Lang's turn to don the maroon for Queensland, Stacey Callow for SA, Tiani Chapman for Victoria, Chelsea Baker for Tasmania and Victoria Corver for WA. The Eagle Farm heat on Wednesday the 29th of March is Heat 5 and Kyle Wilson-Taylor flies the Queensland flag, Ben Price for South Australia, Celine Gordray for Victoria, Erica Byrne-Burke for Tasmania and Kishore Duran for WA. And the sixth and final heat won't be until after Easter. It's Wednesday the 19th of April at Sandown. Angela Jones rides for Queensland, Jacob Opperman for SA, Matthew Cartwright for Victoria, Taylor Johnston for Tasmania and Holly Watson for WA. As I said, I think it's fabulous that these apprentices are being given this kind of opportunity. And it's something I know this series has been going on for quite a few years now, but it really seems to be coming into its own now. Yeah, Tony, and as as I said to you uh, a little bit earlier there, it's just the range of apprentices that uh, you can see the strength and um, 
with uh, Sophie uh, being in the country ranks as well as Emily Lang and Lily Barr, but then you go through to Manu Potgita and Angela Jones. No pressure on Angela, is there, to finish off in heat six. <laughs> uh, let's hope uh, we're well and truly in front, but I know Angela will handle that. But, Tony, isn't it, isn't it great to hear young people like Sophie Wilcock, uh, they talk about confidence and, and um, improving their career that way, but they certainly handle that confidence comes through when they handle interviews uh, like the opportunities they get this morning on Bushbeat. Yeah, wonderful to be able to spend that bit of time with Sophie and, and tell her story and just introduce that name to a lot more people around the place. The other leg that was conducted at Fanny Bay on the weekend was taken out by uh, I'm a Dreamer, was written by uh, local writer Jade... Uh, sorry, it wasn't I'm a Dreamer. Um, I'm a Dreamer ran forth. It was won by Thunder Peak, written by local writer Jade Hampson, defeating Emma Lyons on Archie James and Matthew Chadwick was on Cole Hearn. Jade Doyle rode I'm a Dreamer into fourth position. And the uh, points tally at the moment, Victoria leads on 14 points with Queensland running second on 12. Now, when I was running through uh, all of those uh, names and states, Rob, you may have uh, picked up there that there was no NSW representative. Not sure of the actual background to the story there, but no, there's no NSW mm. league and no NSW reps uh, in the 2023 season. All of the other states and territories are represented. So it's probably a shame that it's not a true national uh, setup, but even so, it's still great to be able to see six riders there and some big fields there at Fanny Bay on the weekend. Although they had the, the likes of uh, Anish Luxemann, Jade Hampson, Lech Maloney, and Emma Lyons all competing, Dakota Lee Gillett was the only NT rider who was able to uh, pick up the points. So they had effectively the uh, the six uh, state riders riding against each other, racking up the points, but still some good-sized fields there. And it's always a tricky thing, isn't it? You think, put yourself in the part of a, a trainer or an owner. You're nominating your horse into a race where your jockey is drawn effectively at random and almost by blind draw. You've got no real idea of exactly uh, how it's all going to unfold. So you're taking a fair leap of faith to be able to jump into something like that. And I think kudos has to go to all of the trainers and connections that are involved in it as well. Yeah, and it probably means you're starting off with a fairly equal, uh, even playing field. And, and look at Sophie's situation. Heat one, she comes in last for Philip Cole and then turns it around in heat two with the uh, with the strong win. So on the day, it uh, it comes down to how that race will play out and they all gain from the experience. But And that, that applies, Tony, to all these new apprentices coming through, doesn't it, um, riding their first winners. As we got to see at Bowen on the weekend when Erin Malloy for Tim Cook trained all Augusta Wind kicked home her first winner. Going to the first bend now and uh, going very fast in front. Brazen Breccia leads past the 650. About two and a half to Augusta win Fratellino. A gap to Sonia Muron. Well back Sancho Witt when they near the turn from Ashani Tulip. Round the corner. Brazen Breccia leads by two. Augusta wins had the perfect trail all the way and now comes off the fence. Then came Fratellino. Deeper out Sancho Witt's making a run and then came Sonia past the 200. Augusta win now moves up and goes to the lead and shot away. It's two lengths in front, running second, Fratellino Suchowitz on the outside, Augusta Wind with 100 to go, is about two in front, Suchowitz starting to wear it down Augusta Wind in front, and Augusta Wind gets home for Young Malloy her first winner, gets in from Suchowitz and third home is either Fratellino as Tony Wode said in the call, Augusta Wynn gets home for Young Malloy, her first winner. Congratulations, Erin Malloy, apprentice to Tim Cook at Rockhampton. And no mean feat there, Rob, for Tim to take Augusta Wynn all the way to Bowen for that uh, open handicap over 1,200 on Saturday.
And yeah, and Tim's experience with uh, having good apprentices um, go through his stable, I think it was possibly, I don't know for sure, but I'm sure he, he uh, planned for Aaron's first win to come along on one of his horses like that. And, and look, Augusta Wynn is a uh, quality proven performer, open company performer. Uh, to been second up, uh, uh, second at Mackay last run and, it's, and it was second up on the weekends, this Bill Labine's four-year-old man. She's had six wins from 28. So um, gave so uh, gave Aaron the uh, the right possibility on the day, and uh, this is the the opposite to Sophie Wilcock. You've got Aaron who claims four, but obviously is a a lightweight jockey, a fifty kilo uh, jockey uh, in comparison to what we heard. Uh, Sophie saying, and again, uh, Jordan Gerrans has penned a great article in uh, Race Queensland uh, about the debut of Aaron Malloy, which was back at the Home Hill meeting in February. And uh, here's another example of a young lady who's moved from the city, was with uh, Chris Munts and now apprenticed to uh, Tim Cook. And, and I, it's a shame we haven't been able to get her on the phone this morning, uh, but I would have loved to ask her, her reasoning for the move to the country or the Rockhampton area, but a much smaller stable size. And uh, obviously uh, another young jockey who, who loves the game and wants to be around horses. And uh, I was really uh, pleased to, to see Tim's comments there that she has a beautiful seat of a horse on a horse and nice little hands, calm and relaxed, got the right personality to uh, mix with the horses and uh, get the best results. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, Tim's been a, a big supporter of apprentices with Alicia Donald. Uh, you might have seen, Tony, that great ride of Alicia Donald on Lockie Manserman's horse, uh, Let's Talk a Deal, uh, leading all the way, doing a pirate bird from the old days and being out in front and uh, doing a great job there. And Zoe White uh, as well, another of the apprentices through Timmy Cook. So unfortunately, we haven't been able to get uh, Erin on this morning, which is a shame, but I'm sure there's more winners around the corner for her. Yeah, we'll grab her uh, some stage uh, down the track, so to speak, on Bushbeat in the weeks to come. Uh, the uh, program there at Bowen on the weekend uh, started off, I guess you could say, uh, in a, a big style for the... Uh, I guess they're all, almost locals. They're local to just about every track, aren't they? The Dool and Mansman <laughs> combination? Yeah, the Mansman Doolin combination came up with a double on the day. And I've talked about this Golden Athena uh, at previous meetings. Has a real knack with cutest uh, wins coming off a win at Bundaberg and Blackall, this Golden Archer mare. Now, how many times do you hear people say it? You get a mare in form and they continue to win. Now five wins from 29 and uh, two cutest wins in its last five runs with three wins in a, and a placing in its last five. Uh, this mare's now accumulated 125,000, 53 of thousand, of which is cutest um, bonus prize money. So uh, John Mansman has this mare going in great form and a very strong ride for Jade Doolin getting up by three and a quarter. We heard Sophie Wilcock mention that she has the apprentice uh, licence to go to the provincial races. The same applies to Jade Doolin now. That's come through. I think it was during the show last week. So that kicked off the day for them. But then they took the cutest money. Uh, well, John did in terms of uh, Whiskey Row in the cutest maiden uh, second run for the stable for the Tycoon Ruler, a gelding after a fourth at Blackall last week, and it defeated the stable mate Burkamp and Chalina into third place. 
And the other winners on the day, Tracy Simmons from Mackay, uh, Alavare, Colin Lennon getting this galloper home in the Class B over IXLs and line of Kings. And uh, Lyle Wright, probably the most convincing win of the day um, when you go through and look at the replays with that great calling of Tony Wodes up there. Grant's patch uh, kicked away on the turn, this spill the beans, a double for spill the beans. And uh, it got up over the mansman uh, Quina pair of Hanua Hank and Milky Rocket. Uh, but very impressive Grant's patch, and it had come off a second at Mackay. I think only uh, not too, well, probably about four or five days prior to the meeting. So the, the meeting did feature the Aaron Malloy first winner, but the double for uh, Johnny Mansman and Jay Doolan. And, and Tony, just mentioning that cute issue, might note, of course, we have the March sales coming up on the 20th and 21st. Those catalogues are well and truly available. And, of course, a lot of interest in some of these... Um, uh, horses coming or yearlings coming through with their first foal. Uh, one particularly, Paradise Imperial, that Tony McMahon uh, purchased uh, with the uh, cutest sale many years ago and went on uh, to uh, gain city wins in about seven overall. She has a power uh, lot, 114 by power, and this is the Belle de Jure family. But the big thing about cutest uh, is now from 2022 onwards, the um, there's it's it's free it's uh free for there's no pay up required for 2022 foals going forward so the scheme just keeps growing bigger and bigger and now it becomes a free scheme which uh, really puts it to the forefront on the national scene it's probably the best uh incentive scheme going around australia yeah, we've often been uh, talking about the benefits of being QDIS qualified or QDIS registered. Uh, if for nothing else, the the boost in prize money, especially with the fillies. But yeah, now that uh, everyone's going to be able to have have the benefits there, there's no reason not to be buying at Magic Millions later in the month. And they go through now with the four-year-olds in the uh, in the city areas, uh, with the races, of course, country areas. It's unlimited age, and you start to see cutest money being applied not just to the maiden races coming through, but other race uh, races on um, the program. So uh, big things uh, ahead, and of course. Uh, get to that sale of course uh, magic millions have the usual incentives going on to get regional buyers down to the sale on the 20th and 21st of march and i've got my book with me today tony as we go into further grandfather duties and babysitting that we'll be doing a bit of study of that particular catalogue We'll let you get back to that shortly. Let's uh, head into the home straight on the show this morning and look back at what happened to gimpy on the weekend with the latest leg of the burn at the beach series but nine, but nine cigars leads the way in splendid isolation. Leads by three lengths inside the 600. True telling in second position, but it's off the track with Rocket Ryan third. Nine, nine Inverness is in fourth position, then six lengths to Grey Skies. Comments is a long way back, and Gossio's last of all. There might, something might have gone wrong with the saddle there. Nine cigars leads the way, still by two or three. True telly, if it's good enough, we'll have the run on it in the straight as they swing for home from Inverness and Grey Skies but Nine Cigars kick clear, three lengths in front of True Telly, comments running on Nine Cigars is going to go from start to finish, Nine Cigars this is a good win, Nine Cigars by about six or seven on the wire, second posse True Telly, comments flashing home for third 
Yes, nine cigars for Morgan Butler and Barry Gill taking out the Vale Jack Murray Burner to the Beach Benchmark 55 and get me on the weekend with the call there from Ross Cater courtesy of Regional Cast. And Rob, uh, that now puts uh, Barry on the points tally as far as the uh, the trainers are concerned for the Burner to the Beach series. But Bob Murray is still way out in front on 34 points ahead of Gary Clem on 26. As far as the uh, jockeys tally is concerned, Kelly Gates still keeps racking up the points but still trying to uh, chase down Landon Sykes who leads on 30. Kelly's got 28 and then you go back to Shania Willis on 18. And James Atelli is out in front on 26 points for the horses total but with comments running third there elevates it up to second spot on 23 points. This is the first leg of uh, 2023 as far as the uh, Burner to the Beach series is concerned. We've already had the legs from October through December at Eidsvold, gained to Mount Perry, Nanango and Esk. And now after the uh, the weekend there at Gympie, we've got the next leg uh, coming up on the 25th of March, Monto, Anzac Day at Wandai, 6th of May, May at Burrendown, the last leg at Bundaberg on the 13th of May. And thank goodness you're the keeper of the series and keeping tabs on, on all this, Tony. And uh, good to see Barry Gill back in the uh, winner's circle there with nine cigars, a horse that does love the track, four wins and five minor placings from 15 for the Red Element. And also great to see the doubles on the day. And again, experience to one uh, for one double and uh, an up-and-coming apprentice getting the other. The experience I'm talking about is Morgan Butler. And Morgan, of course, uh, well, he has been based on the Sunshine Coast. He, he's been out as far west as Aramac, I know, in the last couple of years uh, to resume the race-riding career. And Nine Cigars was the second of his double because he kicked off the program with Glenn Richardson's Rising Spirit uh, that was first up since... Um, December. It's been placed before at Gimpy, so a liking for the um, sand tracks for this four-year-old by Spirit of Boom. And I keep mentioning these stallions' names because they are the stallions will be represented in that cutest smart sale. But Rising Spirit are too strong in the end. A close photo over Vice Man, uh, Gemma Steele getting that one into second and Love Class into third. And the apprentice that came through with the double on the day is Shania Willis. Uh, for Malcolm Bailey, she kicked home City Chick, who's two from two at the track, this uh, Hidden Dragon Mare, two from five overall, defeating Hurricane Hall and Champion, Champion Parade. And then in a all-the-way uh, victory with um, Storm Trooper, the Brett Sturgis-trained Storm Trooper, Shania rode a very heady race. Um, she had another one right out in front with her and then they were a mile in front of the rest of the field. But this El Nino six-year-old proved too strong over Northern Woods and Credenza. And another one that's got the uh, liking for the Gympie track with three from seven at the track. And I noticed Gregory Hayes uh, trained the winner Loud Attraction in the cutest maiden plate. It's not the cutest money, but Greg, of course, had been in the uh, in the uh, jockey's um, room not too long ago. Now with the training brigade, and uh, Kelly Gates rode this home for him. This four-year-old by Holler uh, defeated the Storm and Kenny Boy. So uh, good to see experience and youth shining through with those doubles at Gimpy Tony with Morgan Butler and Shania Willis uh, leading the way on the day. And the other non-tab meeting on the weekend was out at Cunnamulla, the Cunnamulla and District Diggers Race Club program from last Saturday, with the honours evenly shared. Five races, five winning jockeys, five winning trainers.
Yeah, and the first two races held a lot of interest. Um, the winner of the first, Looney Tunes, uh, a three-year-old by Testifiable out of a mare called Choirs that had a really strong reputation in the Central West area for Billy Johnson, and he trained Looney Tunes at Tyler Leslight Road home to victory. But uh, Choirs was a winner of an Alpha Cup. She was an open company mare. I think this may be her second progeny, but Looney Tunes, uh, first win in five starts, uh, defeated uh, Rupertier and uh, Kelmia. Uh, and then in the second race, this is a race, I think, form-wise, you'll see some other horses come through because it was a cutest benchmark 55 where good experienced horse in King Coney proved a little too strong on the day over country boys for Craig Smith and Sarah Robbins. Uh, Johnny Rudd kicked home the winner for Raymond Fraser. It was first up since November, but the experience counted here. Uh, white Chocolate into third for Ben Walter and Brooke Richardson and Lazelle coming off a spell where it had uh, wins at its prior starts uh, for Dave Rewald and Robbie Farr. I just thought it was a strong cutest benchmark 55 and more horses will come from that race I think and uh, shine down the track as will Menindi who took the open handicap uh, having uh, started since the stampede with three wins and uh, from four runs uh, it was a little bit unlucky in that country stampede but it's bounced back this unencumbered five-year-old now with eight from 34 and Amy Graham kicking it home for Wayne Baker uh, who's sitting pretty strongly I notice on the uh, trainers premiership as well uh, Amy uh, kicking that one home over Vinaigrette and Flash Fibian Art by Concord uh, got Craig Smith a winner with Sarah Robbins uh, now down to claiming two Sarah and Art by Concord was too strong over Bonnie Ev and uh, Gypsy Biker in the benchmark 65 and then Mark Patterson and Robbie Farr combined with Haggerston the Hinchinbrook taking out the Class B over Craig and Hoff and Candy Dawn. And some of those results then reflected in the Country Jockeys Premiership. Robbie Farr just sneaking out to 27 wins with Tyler Leslight, both of them getting that win at Cunnamulla, 27 over 21. And then you go down to the top 10, which is rounded out by Paul Hamlin and Jade Doolan sitting on 16 apiece. So they're pretty close uh, competition going on and with the uh, other areas coming back into full play now, uh, these results will change uh, dramatically, I think. But uh, they've got to run down Robbie Farr out there in front. And the same applies with Tanya Parry over Billy Johnson and John Manselman in the country trainers' um, premiership. So that that Cunnamulla uh, meeting uh, well and truly got that area off to some good racing. And just keep an eye out of that result out of race two because I think there's some horses coming through that that will prove themselves down the track. Looking at the calendar for the week ahead, following on from the tab meeting today at Rockhampton, Thursday it'll be Townsville, Saturday Toowoomba and Innisfail host the tab program on Saturday. Uh, next Monday it's Mackay, next Tuesday it's Warwick. This coming Saturday the non-tab programs include Bar Calden and Bundaberg. As Sophie Wilcock mentioned, Wondowan is racing this coming Saturday. It's Wondowan Cup Day and the Springshaw St Patrick's Day race day is on along with racing at Mount Isa. Rob also wanted to give a wrap to uh, the tab meeting last Saturday at Dolby, the new market going to Elusive Eagle for Lily Barr and Barry Shepherd, but especially congratulations to uh, Soraya Champkin who had a birthday this week and Caitlin Johnson who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago with She's a Singer continuing on its winning way, taking out the Dolby Lightning at Bunya Park. Yeah, it was good to see Caitlin continue on with that winning performance. It's uh, won four of its last five uh, since the Texas win in December, so she's got it going well. And Barry Shepard's having a great run uh, with his team, of course, uh, with Elusive Eagle that had won here at its last run. Another sidestep uh, getting up for a win in Elusive Eagle. So uh, great to see that. That's a really good meeting, that Dolby Tab meeting.
a sad note just to wrap up on this morning. We were saddened to hear the news coming through uh, over the last couple of days of the passing of uh, North Queensland uh, well-known racing man in Terry Butts. It's a lovely write-up from uh, Jordan Gerrans on the Racing Queensland website and I saw plenty of tributes come through on social media over the last couple of days paying tribute to a man that uh, I, I had a bit to do with in my time so doing some of the Cleveland Bays and Townsville Cup broadcasts for Radio Tab back in the previous life but Terry was always a little bit quirky, a little bit eccentric but he certainly knew his racing and he was very passionate about uh, racing and especially racing in North Queensland and I enjoyed reading a lot of his Silks and Saddles columns over the years that you used to see in the NQ register. He wasn't afraid to call a spade a spade sometimes ruffled a few feathers he wasn't afraid to speak his mind but uh, he always had racing uh, and racing's best interests at heart and it was sad to hear that news come through over the last couple of days. Yeah, well said, Tony. And look at the range of uh, roles he played as a race caller, a jockey at one point, a journalist, a trainer, a bookmaker. And I think you, you, know, you summed it up well. He had racing's passion at heart all the time, and he certainly didn't uh, mind uh, putting forward his cause in relation to uh, racing. And, and that appropriately leads to Proximate Cause is in a race that he's been a part owner of Proximate Cause. Uh, it's now in the Class 6 plate at Townsville this Thursday afternoon. I think it's about race two on the program. So hopefully one of those moments where racing just gels with the circumstances and, and a, a win for Terry Butts and family. Our, our thoughts and uh, best wishes go out to the family at this sad time. Busy show this morning. Great to have Sophie Wilcock on the show and talk about that uh, Apprentices series that's uh, going to be trekking through the, the countryside over the coming weeks. We'll keep a close tab on that. And if we can get some more success up for the uh, the Sunshine State, who knows, might be uh, Manu's turn uh, at Belmont or it might be uh, Emily's crack uh, when uh, she gets a chance to be able to uh, ride with her leg. I'm trying to see where Emily Lang was headed. Strathalbyn might be Lily Barr going to Hobart. We'll see what we can do and maybe have a chat to some of the others that are involved in the series along the way. Yeah, and we've mentioned in the past the Country Heist uh, program. There's another one of those coming up, up at Mackay on uh, next Monday where I notice there's uh, 19 nominations for one of these Country Heist races. So uh, good luck to the club there with the running of that particular race. But we'll concentrate on those country meetings this weekend that you mentioned. And uh, please email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. Back next Tuesday, as we always love to do. And uh, back, to you, back with you uh, with all the good news from Country Racing. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Thank you to Rob Luck and Sophie Wilcock for joining us on Bushbeat this week. Good luck to the clubs racing this Saturday. The non-tab meetings at Bar Calden, Bundaberg, Wandoan, Springshaw and Mount Isa. And we'll be back next Tuesday morning on Radio, Radio Tab with all of the country news once again on Bushbeat.